rock and roll. So let's get on with the show. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. there Hollywood so it's round three of our August series covering everything that basically is 1990 why 1990 because we decided to uh, celebrate some of the things that were celebrating their 30th anniversary and so this is another episode in that series that will connect to the year 1990 yeah we decided to uh, do like this 20 song ranking and you know I will Bring it up right now. It's just 20 miscellaneous songs, one from a bunch of different bands. So if you're thinking this is the top 20 songs of 1990, blah, 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 it is not that. What we're trying to do is over the five weeks, spread the love of the 70, 80 albums that got released in 1990 and talk about some different songs. So there'll be some hits in here. There's no doubt about that because we wanted to make it as, you know, I guess, mass appeal as possible. But some of these songs never hit the Billboard 100, so it should be fun. And, of course, we brought a guest, so you want to tell them who the guest is? Yeah, of course, we couldn't do this alone. We had to have some guests pop in and out. And so making his revisitation to the show, he was back on episode 35. We got none other than Joe McGinnis with us. What's going on, Joe? This is it, guys. I'm glad to uh, be part of the Growing Up Rock podcast and visit with Hollywood Sonny Pooney and Steve. It's great to be back. It should be fun. You know, to this day, your episode, episode 35, still does really well in the download sections. No good. I think it's the KISS fans. They love anything that's connected to KISS. And of course, Joe, you were part of Classic 78. And anybody that listens to this show or is a KISS fan, they know all about Classic 78. We had you on episode 35 and way back on episode 2, I think the second episode of the Grown Up Rock podcast, we had Tom on. Both 
yours and Tom's episode consistently throughout our entire years, which we're on year three. We just celebrated our third birthday last week. So wow. you guys' episodes consistently get downloads. That's awesome. So we're going to talk all about quarantine. We're going to talk all about Classic 78, or at least a little bit about Classic 78. And we're going to talk about these 20 songs. So tell us all about quarantine. Of course, that's your side tribute to Kiss in the 80s, right? That's right. So basically what happened was Chris Jericho... You know, he's been a big 80s Kiss advocate for quite a while. And uh, that being said, we shared a mutual friend, uh, which is the drummer uh, of Quarantine, Kent Slusher, who's the drummer for Luke Bryan, you know, his touring band. So Kent and I have been writing songs and working together for quite a while. And uh, Kent is a massive Kiss fan. I mean, you know, he's just like us. He can name pretty much any song he could actually probably play any song from any album on the drums you know which is great but yeah so kent and i uh were just talking one day and saying you know we should just do some fun 80s kiss demos just for you and i because he was kind of bumming and i was bumming that there was no uh live music happening and we're not able to tour or play or any of that so i i came up with this idea let's do no 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 and before you know it we had a rough scratch demo and I think Kent texted it to Jericho and said, name that song. And he says, that's no, no, no. And he says, do you need a singer? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> that's obvious. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to sing it. I was going to play bass, but Jericho really wanted to do it and he did it justice. So then he brought along PJ Farley from Trickster and uh, eventually Bruce Kulick came along and kind of joined the project uh, with Heart of Chrome and, He'll be making another uh, appearance on a, one of our future releases that we're working on now. So, yeah, that's kind of where we are. And uh, lo and behold, we're number seven or eight on the Billboard charts, mainstream rock, most added songs to radio with No, 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 which is unreal. I think it charted higher than Kisses. So <laughs> that's just, you know, an anomaly to me. So, Joe, you're a pretty multi-talented dude. So not only are you playing in quarantine and doing these kiss things and ending up on the charts and you did the classic 78 thing but you're a songwriter in the country genre right yeah you know it's it's kind of funny because i grew up just kind of split down the middle with you know music there was all sorts of music around the house so i had my mother and my father they were always into country music and 50s and 60s rock but mainly country. So I kind of resented that at a young age. And my older brothers were listening to Kiss very heavily. And I remember watching Kiss Animalize live uncensored and, and like just, I think we wore that tape out. So, you know, I was kind of torn between, you know, this music. So I kind of resented country for a while. And then I kind of found appreciation for it later in life. As Anton Fig says, all music is related, especially these days. Country doesn't sound much different than you know, rock. So it's a heck of a lot easier to kind of cross over, you know? Yeah. I definitely enjoy it. There's a lot of country these days that definitely crosses over into the rock genre. It's almost Southern rock. A lot of it. Yeah. Have you had any success with your songs? Have you sold some of your songs to country artists? We've had quite a few close calls. There's been some 
that are actually being shopped now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not over yet, but being close with Kent, you know, who works with Luke Bryan, we are kind of gearing up and kind of grooming these songs for like Luke Bryan. So he kind of has a, you know, an idea of shopping them to Luke and, you know, that's something that we'll see how it pans out. But, um, you know, I've released my songs. I, I have, uh, in the Northeast, I have, you know, quite a few radio stations, you know, like a hundred thousand watt station in Burlington and Plattsburgh. And so, you know, I'm lucky enough to get radio airplay and, you know, we've had it on Sirius XM and a few other cool things like that. But, uh, but yeah, so it's cool to kind of dabble in each genre and kind of, you know, get my kicks on that. So. Joe, do you need to be in Nashville to do some of this stuff? Cause you're in New York right now. I mean, you're going to move to Nashville. Uh, Nashville, what I found out over the years is in 1960, you needed to be in Nashville. In 1970, you needed to be in Nashville. But guess what, Sonny? I'm in Atlanta right now, and I'm also in, where is it, San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, thanks to technology, you know, I've been able, I've been lucky to meet friends like Charlie Benante and of Anthrax and, and Bruce Kulick, who's now, you know, I've been talking closely with Bruce for about the past four months and we just geek out and guitar stuff. And, you know, he's been kind of taking me under his wing, which is, you know, as a fan of his, it's extra special, you know? So luckily with a country thing, you know, uh, thanks to the internet, you have that worldwide distribution that you didn't have say 20 years ago, you know? Now, what's going on with Classic 78? Because Classic 78 hasn't put out anything in a couple of years. So uh, what can you tell us about that project? You know, I don't want to say too much because I can't really speak for the other guys. But, you know, I kind of have a gut feeling that at some point within the next 10 months to a year, there could be a release. It's a possibility. But like I said, it really depends on what happens with this whole pandemic thing? Uh, you know, can we get in the studio to record this stuff in a timely manner? And there's so many variables. So we'll see. You know, we like to say that if the fans of Classic 78 want to hear it, we'll absolutely do more if we can. So we're going to try our darndest. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that there's some rumblings there and some excitement may uh, surface. Well, I'm sure the fans would love to hear it. And if quarantine can get together in five different places of the world and record stuff that sounds like No, No, No and Heart of Chrome, then I'm positive that Classic 78 can make something happen. Well, I would hope so, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of phenomenal, really, that the whole concept of recording uh, and exchanging tracks, you know, I got thinking about it and Bruce is in. Uh, he's near Las Vegas now. He was in LA and uh, Chris Jericho's in Florida and PJ's in New Jersey and I'm in New York, you know, Kent's in Nashville. So we're, we're kind of ping ponging these tracks around. And I believe the guy that mixes and uh, masters all the stuff, he's from Atlanta also. So, you know, we kind of have a quite the array of, <laughs> you know, people working on this thing at, from all over the place. So it, it's amazing that it works out cohesively. So, yeah. No doubt. Now, I don't know Kent from Luke Bryant's band, but Luke Bryant was playing a venue that I have access to uh, for three nights. And I can tell you that his band during sound checks were warming up with uh, Enter Sandman and Paradise City. So 
he's got a rock band behind him. I can tell you that he does. I mean, they, they're pretty versatile, you know, uh, Kent, you know, that's just his thing. He could play Eric Carr and then he could play, you know, he actually played with people like Pam Tillis, who's like very, very light country. I mean, uh, we're talking like early nineties country. So, you know, he's, he's very dynamic in his right. playing. So Kent's funny. He might have some rock and roll in him, but, yeah, on the interview, he said, golly. And I'm like, did you just That's say right. golly? That's right. Shazam. Golly. I know. And, and we kind of, we have a group chat, the quarantine guys. And anytime Kent says one of his Southern slang terms, golly. Jericho just busts his balls, you know, pretty hard. And he'll say, come on, Kent, you're in a rock band now, you know, drop the golly or drop the whatever it is, you know. So it's kind of comical. Well, that's awesome. A little bit later on in the show, we are going to, of course, do our Kiss Door moment. And surprise to surprise, we're going to do quarantines. No, no, no for our Kiss Door moment. So we're going to let you talk a little bit about that song a little bit later on in the show. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, before we get too far into this top 20, we have to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so for the New Music Spotlight, we are spotlighting this Frontiers All-Star project. Uh, They just recently released a song called Push Through. This essentially is Frontiers' answer to Hearing Aid. So they brought all their artists together from all different parts of the world through quarantine and just basically wrote this song and had about 453 singers on it and 625 guitar players on it. Wow. Some of the people that are appearing on this song, this was written by the Frontiers house guy, which is Alessandro Del Vecchio, who's part of a band called Edge of Forever, but he's also produced and written for all kinds of artists from Revolution Saints to, I don't, I think he's done stuff with uh, Clips and several other people. Some of the people that are singing on this thing are James Christians from House of Lords, Ronnie Romero from Lords of Black, Renan Zanta from Electric Mob. We played those guys a little bit earlier in different episodes. Dino Jerzelik from Animal Drive. You heard me talk about Alessandro Del Vecchio from Edge of Forever. Michael Sweet from Stripers on this. Uh, Robin McCauley from Black Swan is on this. Nathan James from Inglorious. Dan Rossall from Passion. So they've got all these guys, Tracy Guns playing guitar, Mike Orlando playing guitar, just a ridiculous amount of people. In my opinion, probably too many people. But check out this song. It's called Push Through. Let us know on the Facebook page what you think about it. Sonny's going to tell you what he thinks about it when we get back.
I love Frontiers Records. You love a lot of these artists, too. I love a lot of these artists, too. And we're going to let that go as it is. Because <laughs> we try not to be too negative on this, uh, this show. We like to keep it positive. It's always a good thing. <laughs> Joe's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Sonny was raised. If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. Not a bad idea. <laughs> so that's your new music spotlight. I don't know if there's going to be an album that was basically a single uh, that they put out. I don't think there's going to be an album. I think it is exactly what it is. Kind of a hearing aid type thing and people locked up in quarantine that are bored. So <laughs> there you go. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Okay, so the topic for today, like we were talking about, all 1990, we picked 20 songs and uh, sent them to all three of us, and then we ranked the 20 songs each. And what we're going to do today is kind of get a overall ranking 20 through one share how each person ranked the song and then talk about the song a little bit just to give everybody an idea of what 20 songs we're talking about is thunderstruck by acdc man the box by allison chains cradle of love billy idol hard to handle black crow shelter me cinderella coming of age damn yankees decadence dance extreme all she wrote firehouse can't find my way home house lords blaze of glory john bon jovi it's love by a King's X, Wicked Sensation by Lynch Mob, Unskinny Bob by Poison, Jet City Woman, Queensryche, Loving You is a Dirty Job by Rat, Up All Night by Slaughter, Signs by Tesla, Dirty Love by Thunder, Uncle Tom's Cabin by Warrant, and Can't Get Enough by Winger. So what we're going to do is just kind of go through, hey, here's number 20, here's a little bit of data about the song, I'll share how each one of us ranked, and then we'll kind of take turns about talking about the song. So pretty easy stuff. So out of all those 20, the one we collectively ranked last was Shelter Me by Cinderella. So from the, so from the third album, Heartbreak Station, written by Tom Kiefer, it was a lead single, got to number 36 on the Billboard 100. Steven ranked at 17. I ranked at 19. Joe ranked at 17. Joe was on the bottom for you, like Shelter Me doesn't do it for you? Or? You know, I love Cinderella. Uh, they have some great songs, but that's certainly not, you know, it's just not one favorites especially compared with all the others on the list so yeah <laughs> that's fair how about you Stephen? yeah for me i mean we're used to hearing cinderella on night songs and on long cold winter when they put out heartbreak station it was a departure for them and although that album has some stuff on it that i like shelter me is not one of my favorite tunes so no, and com- like Joe said, compared to a lot of the rest of the stuff on this list, no. Yeah, we were pretty close on this ranking. Uh, for me, Cinderella went downhill after the first album. It just two blues for me, and mm-hmm. I got to be honest, Tom Kiefer's vocal is barely listenable to me to begin with. So it's like songs that didn't attract me rock wise. I just kind of lost interest in Cinderella altogether. And then you add the honky tonk piano and the sax solo, and it's like, dude, just relax. Right, it's supposed to be rock. Okay, number 19 collectively for us was Signs. And this is interesting because Stephen was at 19, Joe was at 20, but I was at 11, right? So I actually ranked this song a little bit higher. For me, 
it's a good cover. It's overrated. You know, it's not the best thing since sliced bread, but Jeff's voice fits it. I like Tesla overall. I would have never heard this song by what five man electrical band in 71. There's no reason for me to listen to this song unless Jeff does it, you know, got me a pen and paper and I made my own fucking sign. You know, I, you know, it's 1990. I just turned 21. Like it was kind of, it was kind of cool for me. It, was, it felt rebel. So that's, that's why I like the song. But uh, Stephen, why did you rank it so low? Dude, why don't you just go get your peace sign and your tie-dye shirt and uh, hold up your own sign? Hello, ma'am. I'm working to clean up the neighborhood from parasites. Do you mind if I take a quick look around your house? I'm afraid you may have hippies. Hippies? Yeah, that's what I thought. See that? You've got a drum circle in your backyard. Ma'am, I need to clear out your giggling stoners and your drum circle hippies right now, or soon they're going to attract something much worse. What's that? The college know-it-all hippies. I ranked it low, so anybody that knows me and listens to this show knows I'm a huge Tesla fan. I mean, I am. But the problem with this song, and it's not so much a problem. First of all, I'll bring it back to there's way better songs on our list, so signs fell back. I also sort of penalized cover songs on this list because there's a there's a few cover songs on this list. And to me, this cover is really pretty close to the original if you listen to the original and the sign said long-haired freaky people need not apply so i took my hair up under my hat and i went in to ask him why They haven't really changed it a whole bunch, a little bit, because it's a much more modern recording of it. But, I mean, it's fine. But, again, compared to the stuff on the list, that song's got to be ranked pretty low. So, that's my point. And, Joe, you were dead last. <laughs> yeah, I've never liked the song, truthfully. I, I just, I, I respect Tesla. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the song. I don't like the production. Every time it comes on the radio or anything, I seriously change it just as quick. And I don't know why. I, I, I just, I don't know. It just wasn't meant to be in my uh, realm of things I like. So maybe you got burnt on it, right? I mean, it got to number eight. Believe it or not, on the Billboard 100. I mean, yeah, that's for 1990. Yeah, I kind of remember that. I mean, I was what maybe eight, nine years old when it came out, and to me, it just, I didn't get to me then and it still doesn't do anything for me now so 
Joe, are you an overall Tesla fan? I'm not a huge Tesla fan, honestly. It probably would help if I was. They'd probably get some brownie points, and they probably wouldn't have been dead last. So, But, you know, I like some of their stuff, but I'm not really crazy about them, you know? Yeah. Okay, so rank number 18 for us was Cradle of Love by Billy Idol. So we're talking fourth album here, Charmed Life, written by Billy Idol, David Werner, lead single, hit number two on Billboard 100. The only song that beat it was Vision of Love by Mariah Carey. And Stephen, you ranked this song dead last. <laughs> why? Did I rank that song dead last? Dead last. I want to know why. Has your condition worsened? Excuse me? Your medical condition. Has it grown worse? Not that I know of, no. Is there a ringing in your ears? Are you seeing bright lights or hearing voices? I'm quite well, thank you. No, clearly you are not. No rational person would do as you have done. Explain yourself. Because there's so much better stuff on it, but I don't know. Cradle Love, I really liked Rebel Yell, the album. I thought it was a great album. And I like a few things from other records, but to me, it just kind of went downhill. I didn't think Charmed Life was a particularly great album. It bought in too many more keyboards and took out too much Steve Stevens, and that's never a good thing for me. Uh, you got to have Steve's guitar in there. So I don't know. It just really didn't do anything for me. It's kind of boring as a song. Joe, you ranked it a little bit better. You were at 15. Yeah. I, to be totally honest, you know, I I really, really like Billy Idol. I, I've always loved. I, I kind of agree with Steven, you know, about the guitar. You know, it kind of. I think that's part of the iconic sound of, you know, Billy Idol, you know, back in the day. And that, that to me, you know, would give it a better scoring, but, uh, it just, you know, it's a decent song. It's, you know, it's, it's not the best, but with what we had to work with, you know, I, I gave it that ranking. So. Yeah. For me, there's really not anything to hate about the song. I mean, it's written to be a radio hit, right? It's not really rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It did better in the U S than it did in the UK since Billy Idol's a UK guy. Yeah, it's almost like the UK was done with Billy Idol, right? It just kind of weird. I don't right. seek the song out, but I don't turn it off when it comes on either. So, sure, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think the UK was done with Billy Idol after he left X, to be honest. Yeah, most likely, yeah. Okay, collectively, number 17 for us was Blaze of Glory by John Bon Jovi. So, I guess technically this is off his first solo record, right? The story goes that Emilio Estevez wanted dead or alive, but John's like, that storyline doesn't fit. Let me write something. Song went to number one on the Billboard 100. By the way, at that point, number two was Release Me by Wilson Phillips. Three was Do Me by BBD. Bell Biv DeVoe. And number four was Unskinny Bob. Steven and I ranked this number 18, but Joe gave him a whopping 12. So you're not in love with signs, but man, you love John Bon Jovi. What's up with that? You know, I've always loved Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi. Just the whole, like I said, it's not number one by any means. But to me, it's like the ugly cousin of Wanted Dead or Alive. 
you know, and that's good enough for me. So, <laughs> you know, it's close enough. If it has any resemblance to Wanted Dead or Alive, it's going to get a better rating than the ones below it. So that's right. Yeah. That's for Stephen. How about you? You were at number 18. You know what? It's a fine song. I like it a lot, actually, but it is absolutely a sort of carbon clone of Wanted Dead or Alive. And his whole album was the soundtrack to that uh, that movie, Young Guns 2. There's some really good material that he wrote on there, melody-wise. That song, Miracle, I think is a fantastic melody. Like, I really, really like that song on that record. And Blaze of, the, Blaze of Glory is great. It's just, you know, I mean... It's not my bang zone of rock and roll, so there's more stuff uh, in front of it on this list. So that's where it is. Yeah, for me, I actually like the movie better than I like the song. The song, just that whole, I don't know where I, I'm going, only I knows where I've been. Like, come on, dude, really? That's like super cheesy. Like, I, It doesn't surprise me to hit number one because John Bon Jovi was a household name in 1990. But if some guy named Edgar released this song in 1990 you would never heard about it again (laughs) right i think the music video probably you know maybe helped catapult it it was kind of a cool music video you know whether on the yeah like or whatever so i always have to laugh when i hear a kiss fan talk about cheesy songs that's always the best and not only that it's an 80s kiss fan that said that which is even better but Uh uh-huh you know, it's all it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Our collective number 16 was Dirty Love by Thunder. Steven gave it a 16. Joe ranked it at 19. I actually ranked it at 10 from the debut album by Thunder, uh, written by Luke Morley, the guitarist. It was a second single, but it never went anywhere. For me, the reason I ranked it 10 is if this thing gets released like four years earlier, I think you have a huge hit. It's got a great vocal melody. I think it's pleasing to the ear. I think it attracts women. Uh, This thing's got like strip club written all over it, a simple riff. You know, it sounds like a polished great white. So this thing would have been in every strip club in the mid eighties, but because it came out in 1990, but you ranked it at 19, dude. Yeah. I I rank, ranked it fairly well. And I'll, I'll be honest and tell you why mainly because I wasn't too familiar with the song. I listened to it maybe twice after I got the list. You know, I tried to listen to it and be fair. And I just, with such a short thing, it it will never stack up to a song that has emotional, you know, ties to, you know, things I grew up hearing. So, you know, that's the only reason, nothing, you know, malicious against it. It's just, I didn't really get to listen to it a ton. So, and Steven, I was surprised you ranked at 16. Like these guys were good on Monsters of Rock. I thought you were into these guys. I like Thunder a lot. And Thunder's an interesting band because. In the United States, really, Thunder is not very well known at all. But over in the UK, where they're from, they can still play arenas. And they were fantastic on Monsters of Rock Cruise. They sounded great. They're like a heavier version of Bad Company or something. They're really good. And I like this song a lot. But here's the issue with this song for me. This song is very bang-a-gong. When you listen to this song, it reminds me a lot of Bang a Gong. And again, there's just more stuff in front of it that I like better. And to Joe's point, there's no way in hell I've lived with Dirty Love as long as I've lived with some of these other songs. A lot of these other songs I have emotional ties to. 
So uh, that's a hugely valid point right there. That's interesting because I remember Dirty Love hearing it a lot. So they must have played it on the West Coast maybe a lot more. I don't know. Yeah, they had to because uh, we did not get it. I really knew little of Thunder until, uh, you know, it's only my craziness for music and rock and roll and seeking out stuff uh, did I discover Thunder. And it wasn't till probably late 90s, early 2000s when I did that.
Okay, our 15th ranked song is It's Love by King's X. I ranked it 17. I thought I was being nice. Joe was even nicer, ranked it 14, and then, of course, Stephen ranked it 11. Off the third album, Faith, Hope, Love, written by all three members, got to number six on the mainstream rock charts, but never hit the Billboard 100. Stephen, I know you're in love with this song. That's why you ranked it number 11, I'm assuming. Hey, I'm a King's X fan. They got a lot of stuff that I like. They got some stuff that I don't like. There's not a whole lot. To me, there's just something about Ty's and Doug's voice when they sing together and the harmonies. And I'm a Beatles fan, and it's very Beatles-oriented with a heavier guitar sound, so I'm all in. Uh, I think the melody is great. I think the chorus is great. I like the song. I think it's a great song. So, yeah. And, Joe, you were uh, you ranked at 14, so kind of in the middle teens there. Yeah. You know King's uh, Yeah, I'm aware of them. I just – I never really uh, – there was only maybe two. That was one of the two that I just – I wasn't too familiar with the song. You know, I, so other than that, I knew almost all of them real well, you know. Yeah, to me, it's one of the few listenable songs by King's X. I mean, I remember when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, I should check out their other stuff. And then I checked out the other stuff. I'm like, why did I check out their other stuff? It's not that good. And it's very Beatles. And that's what the problem is. I'm more of a Stones guy than I am a Beatles guy. Fair enough. Hey, speaking of the Stones, Joe, are you a Stones guy at all? I'm not a huge Stones guy, but I do like the Stones, no doubt. I mean, somewhere in the middle there, too. I'm a Beatles guy over the Stones. Yeah. So I was just uh, riding and listening to the radio this morning, and they were talking about the Stones getting ready to re, uh, release this box set uh, with a new version of uh, Goat's Head Soup, which is one of their albums on there. But they're releasing some unreleased material, and one of the songs they're releasing is this song called Scarlet that they did with Jimmy Page because Jimmy Page showed up at one of their recording sessions and sat in and they wrote this unreleased song called Scarlet. I actually heard a snippet of it. I like it quite a bit. It's pretty good. Very cool. That's cool. Jimmy Page. Our collective number 14 was Can't Find My Way Home by House of Lords. Steven ranked it at 14, dead on. Joe ranked it at 18. It was a little rough on it. I ranked it number nine. So, I mean, if it's not for Doug Aldrich playing this thing, I don't, li- I don't ever hear Blind Faith can't find my way home. Joe, Blind Faith, baby, that's probably the bang zone of your parents listening to this stuff. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Like, I mean, you're competing with Uncle Tom's Cabin and All She Wrote and Decadence Dance. And I'm sorry, you got, you know, it's just not as, not as good. It's <laughs> in my mind, you know, so. Giving you a hard time. How about you, Stephen? You're right at 14. Joe deserves a hard time. It's his second time on the show. Man up, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the only reason that I ranked it that, I guess, low is because some of the stuff that's in front of it, and I dinged it because it's a cover song. But make no mistake about it, I think this is a fantastic cover. I love House of Lords' version of this song. In fact, I think it's better than the original, and I really like the original. But it is a cover song, and there's better original material in front of it on this list. So that's the only reason it ended up where it did for me. Yeah, I ranked it number nine because Sahara is a Desert Island album for me, House of Lords. 
it's one of the best covers in my mind ever done. And Christian's rasp fits it so well. I listened to the original. I'm like, oh, I'll go with House of Lords version. <laughs> but uh, all right, the next one's going to be a surprise for you guys because you guys never saw my rankings. But Unskinny Bop ended up number 13. And that's after Steven ranked it 10 and Joe ranked it 7. I ranked it a whopping 20 because this song is unbelievably unlistenable. How it got to number three, I will never know. And you add this dancing that Brett Michaels is doing in the video. I'm just like, oh, Ricky Rocket is probably the best guy on this song. That's how bad this song is. I really don't like this song. You guys are going to have to help me with that. Joe, number seven, baby? Wow. Well, okay, so Poison is a you know, a great rock and roll band. They're not a great band, but they're a great rock and roll band. They're very raw. They have, you know, energy and feel. And musically and lyrically, you know, this song is polar opposite. The lyrics suck god-awful. But listen to that drum intro. You know, that's so good, you know? And then the bass with it, it just got a great feel musically. Like I said, if you could have the lyrics redone, whatever. But the music... To me, I don't know. I just always love Poison. Fallen Angels, like one of my favorite songs ever. So You hold your ground, Joe McGinnis. Don't you give okay. in to Sonny. Don't let him Good. bully you. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, you ranked it 10. I'm assuming, you know, the guy with the good looks and the one bass note did it for you. Dude, I like the groove, and yes, how can you get away from Brett Michaels' steely blue eyes? Come on. no i love the groove and i love the riff uh i don't mind the lyrics it's cheesy but that period of time was cheesy unskinny bop bop who doesn't so it's it's a party feel song um it's not their best song by any stretch of the imagination but i like it a lot and it's a fun song joe do you recognize that riff in unskinny bop at all which one? The dead bone, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. No, the diddle-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-
plus the playgirl thing. No wonder they got picked on. Like it, it does. It makes sense to me. Like okay, I get it. All right, number eleven was a big surprise to me because it's actually coming off of a desert island album for me. But I had it at number sixteen, and both of you guys had it at number eight, and that is "Up All Night" by Slaughter. And I'm not sure how I landed on number sixteen, but Joe, you had it. I mean, in the top ten, you like this song? Slaughter is probably one of my top 10 favorite rock bands of all time they're just all around i mean from vocals to the drums i mean the whole band is just red hot and you know it's a great song you know the whole album eye to eye all the i mean all those songs are so good so anything that slaughter does is always going to be on my top list and steven you had it number eight uh yeah, it's one of their classics. I mean, you gotta you gotta love up all night. That was probably the first song that I heard by Slaughter because that was the first single they released. So great tune. Joe, be careful there. I wouldn't say that anything Slaughter releases is gonna be at the <laughs> top of your list because you know, th- some of the later stuff a little bit questionable there. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, this album as a whole is just a classic record. It's a great record. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Yeah, I ranked it uh, lower just because my personal opinion, although Desert Island album for me, this song is the worst song on that album. Like the guitar solo is a little boring. The whole up all night, sleep all day kind of thing. It's like there's better, better songs on the album. You think that's the worst song on the record? Oh, yeah. It's the worst song on the record. I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Ah, <laughs> damn. That's because you don't like Fly to the Angels. I do like Fly to the Angels. I think that's a great song. I like Up All Night better than Fly to the Angels, honestly. Oh, wow. I think Eye to Eye on that album is probably the best. That intro, oh my God, so good. So good. Joe, you like Up All Night better than Fly to the Angels, mainly because, you know, you're a dude and don't carry a purse like our friend Sonny. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, dude. Uh, All right. Tenth on our ranking was Jet City Woman by Queensryche. So, these two guys are probably surprised by that because Steven ranked it at 12, Joe ranked it at 13, but I ranked it at six. That's how it got all the way to 10. And for me, I love the start. I love that it only lasts about 25 seconds. That chorus is awesome. And normally Queensryche's a little prog musical theater for me, especially with Jeff, but this song is more rock to me and it's in his prime. And I love the vocal and that's, that's kind of, and I actually, Empire is my favorite Queensryche record, which everybody always says is that other stupid mind crime one. Steven, how about you? Well, let me tell you there, Sonny. <laughs> I want to tell you all about it. <laughs> Jet City Woman is a great tune. You like Empire better than Mind Crime and some of the other records because it really is just more of a straight ahead rock record. And Jet City Woman is a perfect example of that. It's a great song. I love it. It's just I like some of the other tunes better, and so that's where why it fell where it fell for me. But I love the tune. And Joe, you ranked it at thirteen. You a Queensrÿche fan? Yeah, not really into Queensrÿche. No, I, mean, I like some of their stuff, and this song's you know definitely okay. But it's like it's pretty much what Steven said. You know, there's plenty other that I rank above it. So okay, number nine collectively for us was "Hard to Handle" by the Black Crows. 
You'd be surprised as number nine because Joe ranked at 10. Steven ranked at 15. I ranked at five. Steven, come on. Like, I get it. It's a cover, but that's a pretty goddamn good cover. You got it at 15? <laughs> it is, but I ranked it at 15 because it is a cover. I mean, it's a cover. And quite frankly, probably part of it is a little bit of burnout. So a little bit of fatigue factor with that tune. But I like it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that song. I think it's a great cover. But it is a cover, so there you go. And Joe, would you have ever heard this song if it's not for the Black Crows? No, absolutely not. And uh, I covered it. I played it in a cover band, you know, uh, when I was in high school. And, you know, I appreciate the song, but it's, you know, I kind of burn out on it. So, but, you know, it's still a great yeah, song. Yeah, I'll, I'll never be burned out on this song. It's got a great beat to it, for sure. But Black Crows is another band for me that after the first album, downhill. Two Southern rock after that. They forgot that, you know, stuff like Jealous Again was cool and Twice as Hard was cool. They started doing some other stuff. I just, I lost interest, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, boy. Eighth on our collective list was Thunderstruck by ACDC. Why? Because Steven ranked it number three out of all these songs. Somehow... Somehow, I was caught in the middle of a real Somehow that ended up number three on Stevens. How? How can that end up number three, Stevens? Thunderstruck is an anthemic rock tune. Come on. How do you get away from the ACDC intro and that little screeching mimicking that you just did sounded like, um, you know, some southern uh hillbilly freaking <laughs> that had uh like a hernia adjustment or something <laughs> like that i don't know that was not brian johnson though uh it's uh-huh. come on man it's acdc we know how i feel about acdc that's an anthemic tune i gotta rank it up there wow and joe you had a dead center in your list basically yeah like it's it's definitely a great anthemic song like steven said but it's not my favorite acdc song so I definitely, I think it belongs there for me. You know, I think it's just a little too played out. It's at every sporting event I've ever been to. And it's almost kind of like a fixture and to be expected now. And kind of takes the fun out of the song sometimes. You know why it's at every sporting event, Joe? Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what, you, what you're going to say. It's not unskinny bop. That's why. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I ranked it at 12. I don't actually dislike the song. I think the song kind of makes you bang your head. And if it's the first ACDC song you heard, it would make you go check out other ACDC. Now, I don't have a clue what Brian Johnson's saying. He's saying it with a lot of passion, but I don't have a clue what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) So for your benefit, pitiful pudding, I was caught in the middle of a railroad track. I looked round, and I knew there was no turning back. My mind raced, and I thought, what could I do? And I knew. There was no help, no help from you. Sound of the drums, beating in my heart. The thunder of guns, tore me apart. You've been thunderstruck. You've been thunderstruck. You've been thunderstruck. So thank God there's lyrics involved. Otherwise, I would have a no clue. All right. Surprisingly, number seven on our list is Love and Use a Dirty Job by Rat. Somehow... It outranked stuff like Thunderstruck, Hard to Handle, <laughs> Signs. I ranked it the lowest at 13. Joe ranked it at three. 
and Stephen mm-hmm. ranked it at seven. Joe, have you seen the Geico commercial? Are you sure you want to go with number three on this? I love rat. Still? They're, still. I wow. still love them. They could do no wrong. I literally, the whole rat catalog to me is great. I love everything about them. And this song has just got such a great groove to it. And it was, you know, it was a little bit different than what everyone else was doing at the time. As far as percussive wise, you know, you know, it's definitely those campy lyrics that belong in a hair metal band. I I don't like calling it hair metal because I think that kind of degrades them as artists. You know, they were amazing musicians, but yeah, it's a great song. And, you know, I can't say anything bad about rat, so. Stephen, you had it at number seven. We know you're a rat fan. 
Yeah, rat's almost a top 10 band for me. I like rat a lot. I mean, I grew up with that stuff. And so take away all the controversy and all the internal crap that goes on with that band and all that other stuff and just just look at the albums and the material on those albums. I like probably 98% of everything that they've put out. I really like Rad a lot. They're a good mixture of riffs and hooks and courses. And Steven's voice is unique enough to where it's not annoying, but you know it's him when he's singing. And maybe he doesn't sing so great live, but on record, which is what we're talking about, I think it's fantastic. I'm a gambler. I'm going to Vegas all next week. I would put cash money that this song sucks ass if Desmond Child is not involved. I could tell you that right now. That whole chorus is Desmond Child. The hummability of the song, if that's a word, is Desmond Child. Notice where Piercy needed to be more smooth. They just turned up the music instead. Like that is all Desmond Child. But uh, yeah, it's a good song. I just think uh, Bullet Boys would have done it better. To be honest, that's just my personal opinion. Okay, number six collectively for us, basically because of Steven, was Wicked Sensation by Lynch Mob, because Steven ranked it number two on this list. Steven, why? I love Wicked Sensation. I think the riff is awesome. If you're a Dokken fan coming off of Back for the Attack, why wouldn't you like Wicked Sensation? That groove, that riff, that song. I love it. There's nothing I hate about that song at all. It's number two for a reason. I think it's a fantastic song. And Joe, you were all the way to 11. So not a big Lynch Mob guy? No, I take that back. When I made the list, it was kind of first half in the morning and second half at night. And when I made the list, it was like, it must have slipped through my mind how great it was. The the intro of the song, I mean, it's just... I think I didn't give it its just due, and I think it should have been higher on my list, but what's done is done, and just know that I regard it higher than it sits on the list. So. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about uh, that. Fair enough, Joe. You stuck behind your unfairly ranked Rookit Sensation. Good job. <laughs> I, I ranked it number seven, and it's a little bit of burnout, and it's a little bit of Oni deteriorating over the years, and I can't forgive him for it. And, uh, uh, you know, the riff is killer. The song is killer. I remember seeing them when they first came out. I remember first hearing it going, oh, my God, this is so much better than Dokken. But just over the years, it has soured for me. That's what it is. Okay. Top five. Our number five collectively was Coming of Age by Damn Yankees. Believe it or not. Joe, you had it all the way to number four. You're a Damn Yankees fan. Hoping for I a am. reunion, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath, but uh, that whole album is just phenomenal in my eyes. And I just have great memories of, you know, my older brother and I, we would jam to that album, listening to it on the way to shows when we would play. And just ha- it holds a special place in my heart. And that song is especially just great melodies, great musically uh, overall. So there you have it. And Steven, you ranked it at number six. Yeah, that song I really like a lot, and it's actually gotten better with age for me personally. I mean, I'm a big damn Yankees fan. I like both albums, but that song, for whatever reason, I've 
enjoyed more as it's gotten older. And so, yeah, I dig that tune a lot. Yeah, I think Jack and Tommy are like magical together. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I like it that Ted Nugent, it's not all about Ted Nugent in the song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because sure. a riff could have taken over and it could have got stupid, but instead it's really radio friendly. So it's cool. Our number four is going to create a problem because Joe and I both ranked the song number two and stupid Steven ranked it 13. And that is all she wrote by Firehouse. You're just a woman with a small brain, with a brain a third the size of us. It's science. I will have you know that I have more talent and more intelligence in my little finger than you do in your entire body, sir. You are a smelly pirate hooker. You look like a blueberry. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? Boy, that escalated quickly. Steven, what? Do you got a problem with Firehouse? Dude, this song is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. So let me try to explain myself because I knew I was going to get some hatred. There for, is no explaining it. I, I, get, I get the opportunity. So uh, there's nothing wrong with this song. And yes, I like Firehouse. I like a lot of Firehouse. The problem for me, and I was just keeping it honest for me personally, the songs that are in front of it, I enjoy more. There's nothing wrong with this song, as is a lot of the songs on this list. Even way back at number 18 and 19, there are songs that I like. But when I started getting down to the top 10, it just it fell short because there were other tunes I liked more. So all she wrote's a great song, but just not. And it's not one of my favorite Firehouse songs. I mean, I'd much prefer like what is it? Shake, rattle, and roll. I love that tune. Is that what it's called? Uh, I think that's shaking. No, uh, ra- uh, shake and tumble, <laughs> tumble and shake, <laughs> shake and tumble, <laughs> shake and tumble, shake and tumble. That song's kick ass. I love that tune. And Joe, I'm assuming you love the beginning of this song. That's what I'm love in love with. Yeah, honestly, if you ever know, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have. The song itself is like a better version of "Round and Round" by Rat. It's got a very similar rhythmic vibe on the guitar. But besides that point, the lyrics, the melodies. It's just so damn catchy and it's rocking and just an excellent song. It makes me scream in the car. Like I I absolutely (laughs) love this song. I can't hit any of the notes Mm -hmm. and I'm probably singing in the key of Q flat, but oh my God, this thing makes me (laughs) sing. There's no doubt. I like, uh, I like the pointing out the round and round thing. I never really thought about it before, but man, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. I see that. Our collective three rank third was man in the box by Allison chains and it got there because joe ranked it six steven ranked it nine but it was my number one song on this list and i'm not a grunge guy i will tell you it was my number one song because i remember hearing it going uh-oh i think my music's in trouble right that, that sure. song i have heard it thousands of times i never turn it off never i love that song uh but steve number nine i'm surprised it's so low for you yeah the only reason it ended up number nine to me is because i think primarily i mean i grew up in the 80s for the most part and 
you know, a lot of the music from the 80s, the Poisons and the Party Rocks and the Van Halens and the Rats and the Crews and stuff like that. I mean, that's my bang zone of rock and roll, so-called uh, hair band stuff. So I like Man in the Box. I like the riff. But there was other stuff in front of it, and that's the only reason it ended up in nine. And truthfully, that was one that I struggled with because that one moved up and back several times for me on the list when I was ranking it. And Joe, uh, you're in the bang zone of grunge growing up, right? You're a little bit younger than us, so you're a grunge guy. Uh, yeah, I like some grunge. And uh, as I you know, grew up, I kind of realized that the darkness and the negativity of grunge sometimes is enough to pull you down. And if this song didn't steal away all of our great rock and roll from the eighties, along with Nirvana, you know, it probably would have ranked higher, but if they could have coexisted peacefully, I probably would have been less resentful towards it, <laughs> but it's a great song, but you know, I, I like Alice in Chains a lot and this song, you know, it's just uh, will always be one of my favorite Alice in Chains songs. Just, you know, I would have ranked it higher if they just didn't steal our uh, 80s rock. Yeah, if all grunge was like this, I'd love it. But it ain't. Sure. Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> That's yeah, just how absolutely. it is. All right, our number two. Now, what's interesting about this is nobody had this ranked in their top two, but it ended up our number two because it was the closest ranking we had besides shelter me at the bottom of the list. <laughs> and that was decadence dance. So I had it at three. Steven had it at four. Joe had it at five. You know, porno graffiti to me is the best album I own period. It is my number one album of all time. It can do no wrong. The only reason I took decadence dance to three for me was that long intro. If that long intro wasn't there and yeah. I really like all she wrote in man, the box a little bit better, to be honest. You guys have a couple other ones there, but there's nothing to hate about this song. This song, this, the guitar, the guitar alone. Like I don't listen to many instrumentals, but I would listen to this instrumental. Cause it's Nuno. Pretty much. I mean, what can be said about Nuno? It's fantastic stuff. That song is fantastic from start to finish. You know, I mean, Nuno gets the little vocal part in there and his guitar work speaks for itself. And yeah, I get your point with the intro. The intro is really long and kind of annoying. But when this album came out, I was into listening to albums from start to finish and not so much a singles person. And it kicked off the album. So I really enjoyed the whole thing. I enjoyed Francis, that whole thing, you know, the background and the uh, strings and everything kind of gearing up and Nuno's guitar cranking up in the background is awesome. So yeah, I dig this tune a lot. And Joe, you're a Nuno guy? Nuno is probably behind Bruce Kulick. He's, you know, probably like, you know, one of my top three guitar players. He's just unreal. And not to mention, you know, he may be the driving force behind the musicality, but, you know, you can't forget about Gary Sharon. When I, when I saw these guys live and Gary Sharon is such an excellent front man who doesn't get his due, you know, and I'd like to see that, you know, happen someday where people actually respect him as, as high up there with, you know, maybe not David Lee Roth because everyone thinks he's, you know, the best or, you know, whoever, but he should be, you know, definitely up there. He's an excellent, yeah, he's, 
he's an excellent frontman, excellent singer. His lyrics actually make sense and they fit together and well, almost like a puzzle. So yeah, it's a great song. And our number one song, which was easily clearly number one, because two of you had both of you guys had it at number one, and I had it at number five or number four actually. Uncle Tom's Cabin by Warrant.
I just feel bad for Warrant. The Cherry Pie is a song that people <laughs> connect them with, right? Or it's the ballads, right? Like Heaven or I Saw Red. You just don't hear about Uncle Tom's Cabin that much. But it is an incredible song. And to know that it got only to number 78 on the Billboard 100 charts, it, that's just a crime. And Joe, I'm assuming you're a Warrant fan and you love this song. love Warrant. And another interesting fact is the banjo at the beginning of the track, no one especially in that time period, would have been caught dead or could pull it off. Could you try to, you know, the closest thing you had to it was maybe rise to it with a resonator guitar by Kiss, you know, which was more bluesy, whereas this was more like, almost like a hillbilly vibe to it, but it was dark, but yet cool. And, you know, a storytelling song overall, it's definitely some of Warren's best work. Yeah, the banjo definitely fits the story too, right, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this song, I remember this song getting a whole lot of love on Dial MTV. So I'm actually surprised that it only got to 78 because it was on Dial Up MTV all the time. I saw this video and for me, it's probably, I mean, if not my favorite Warrant song, it's right up there in the top three or four for me. I really, really like this tune a lot. I liked Warren a lot on the first album and I became a fan, but I think probably this song cemented me as a fan for them. Yeah, I love that first album. I would say Blind Faith is what cemented me for as being a Warren fan forever. But I love the first album too. Yeah, dude. Did you just say that a ballad cemented you as being a fan That's right. of some rock band? That's right. That's right. Dude. F you. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> How do I do a rock podcast with this dude? What the hell? (laughs) I can't believe you ranked all she wrote number 13. We should have hung up then. (laughs) 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 When I got the rankings, I'm like, that must be a one or a three. Maybe he fat fingered that damn thing. (laughs) What was I going to put behind it? 13 songs. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I guess the yeah. best point that you guys made is, or Stephen made, I don't know who made it, but it was, you know, basically that doesn't mean that they're bad songs. It's just that there's other ones that you'd rather listen to and nothing against any of these other bands. But, you know, I mean, you're competing with some really great songs on this list, you know, so it's, it's you're torn between them, no doubt. Yeah, so on a list like this, I would say exactly that. There's no songs on this top 20 list that I hate. I like every song on this list, just some better than others. So that's the whole thing about it. And I think that this list is a good indication that in 1990, rock was far from dead. I mean, grunge was right around the corner, but it wasn't, there was still a lot of rock and roll in the charts is my point. Right. The love that Joe has for rat and uh, poison's a little scary to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just Rat and Poison, though. Joe is a closet glam fan. He likes Warrant, he likes Rat, and he likes Poison. There's nothing closet about it. Honestly, if it was socially acceptable, I I, I think I would totally go back and dress 
dressed just like that and get the hair teased up. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see the next quarantine video with Joe in a wig and uh, spandex. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> You're talking, you know, you figure, let's see, I was born in 83, right? So, you know, all these things were so impressionable to me growing up, you know, seeing Poison for the first time, you know, and, and uh, the open up and say, oh, album cover and, uh, and then listening to the albums and it's a totally different time, you know? So these things are forever like etched in my mind, like rat and poison and kiss and extreme. Just those were things that, you know, were part of my upbringing. So, you know, that's just, I guess like, like anyone else, if you're attached to it, you know, it's going to mean more to you emotionally. And when that's that, I guess. Right. That's right. And besides that, Sonny, loving you is a dirty job, but some dude is the man to do it. <laughs> yeah i that is there any songs i absolutely hate on this list yes there is one that unskinny bob song's gotta go that uh, uh, bad it's just bad of all the songs to hate oh yuck that song um, it was just so torn apart by the the critics probably because how can you take first of all a song titled unskinny bop and then you go with the, the music video you know i try to look past you know these things that make it less credible and just solely listen to the stuff I like, you know, like, okay, that's a great guitar riff. And like gasoline, you want to pump me? Is that a lyric? (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) That to me, like that's, that's almost, you know, Gene Simmons esque. So it is. is. I I could imagine Paul in his room. Damn it. Damn it. I (laughs) did. Like gasoline, you want to pump me. You want to hear the behind the scenes uh, story on why Sonny hates this song so much. It's because Sonny tried to pull off Brett Michaels moves and fell and pulled his hamstring. And from then on, he hated the shit out of this song. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. So we always talk kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. Dude, this No, No, No song. Bruce had to be impressed with the guitar solo. That's what got me. I'm like, who is playing guitar on this thing right here? Because that shit rocks. Thanks, Sonny. Yeah, honestly, Bruce, as soon as he heard it, he got a hold of me. And it was so odd. Like, he was just so overwhelmed and and just, I think, shocked that, number one, that someone would spend the time to re-record, you know, no, 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 <laughs> song that was, you know, a B-side back in 1987. But, you know, let alone uh, that someone paid that much attention to his techniques and uh, his tones. And granted, I, I didn't do it verbatim. You know, I, I did it close. I wanted to do it justice and kind of play it like I would play it. And, uh, you know, he was nothing but kind and he said some great stuff. And he still, today I was texting him and we're working on uh, another song that he was involved with, obviously. And uh, I sent him a rough demo of me playing his part, even though he's going to play it on the final recording. And he replied with, you bastard, you nailed those. <laughs> so, 
So we're at that point in our professional relationship where we call each other, uh, you bastard or, you know, son of a whatever. So yeah, he's been nothing but kind. So I was completely blown away when he was, you know, uh, giving me those compliments. Now, when he reached out to you, did he reach out to you by carrier pigeon, by text? How did he reach out to you? It was smoke signals. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, he, uh, what, what he did was he added me on Facebook because it all started. We, we can't forget the unsung hero here, uh, Eric Singer, who was friends with Kent, kind of hooked us up with Bruce okay, and said, you know, you got to hear what these guys are doing. So Eric sent it to Bruce and that's kind of how it, and then it's a small world. Everyone knows everyone, you know, the, the few, you know, a few degrees of separation here or there, but overall we all have mutual friends and, um, especially in the kiss world, it's kind of hard not to have it. You know, it's, if you're a kiss fan, you, you know, someone who knows, who knows, you know, and it goes on. But uh, Eric Singer was the one who kind of responsible for, you know, pulling Bruce into this super thankful for that. And uh, so Bruce added me on Facebook and uh, you know, the kind of the rest is history. Yeah. Cause it was originally you and Kent that sort of the seeds of this whole thing started with you and Kent, right? Yeah. yeah I just, one day I said, I remember I was walking through my kitchen and uh, said to Kent on the phone, we should start a 80s Kiss cover band and call it Quarantine with a K. I go, (laughs) and my son was just like, Dad, I love that. And I was like, yeah, okay. And and Kent didn't say a word. I thought he hated it. The next day I get a text from Chris Jericho. Meet your new band members, he says. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it was kind of, such a weird deal like he you know he started a whole chain text with the four of us and but you know it's just something simple as that literally off the cuff i came up with a name you know once we kind of got the songs recorded i told chris i'm like you know maybe we should you know think like gene simmons here and trademark that just in case you know because you, you can never be too safe so we ended up trademarking the name and you know that's how we're able to have sonny wearing that Sure. Beautiful yeah. quarantine shirt there. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much how things went down. It's all about the brand, not necessarily the band anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely. So we actually had plans to, I believe, possibly we were supposed to be playing on Chris's uh, Rock and Wrestling Cruise, uh, Rock and Rager at Sea, whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, but that was just postponed. So. At some point, it sounds like maybe in October 2021 that we'll be playing live with Quarantine. If not, well, it really depends. There's a big variable with everything going on. Sure. uh, I guess we'll see, right? Yep. Well, let's check out No, No, No from Quarantine. Here you go.
Well, Joe, this has been great. I'm glad you got to join us today. I'm um, super glad that you guys doing this quarantine thing. Dude, the two songs absolutely rock. It doesn't matter to me what 80s song you do. Stay, well, you guys aren't going to get to Carnival because that ain't 80s. Thank God. Um, but yeah. uh, any other 80s well, you do is going to be well, awesome. Well, thank you. There's a slight disclaimer in there. And we kind of made it anything that Bruce played on. Yeah. So it, it creeps up to maybe even unplugged, you know, Carnival Souls. So we'll see. Uh, Jericho explained this to me. I mean, he's very meticulous with his Bruce era kiss. So Bruce did the tour for Animal Eyes. So technically some of the songs, whether I believe he played on uh, a few tracks on the album and then he played on the tour. So, you know, there's a big gray area there, but he kind of said, you know, don't be surprised if we pull a track off this one someday or that one, you know, so you know, there's so many loopholes. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even uh, be surprised. You know, if he said, "Let's do all hell's breaking loose," but wait, Bruce didn't play on it. No, but uh, Bob Kulik was in the studio that day, and Bruce stopped. But you know, there could be some loophole that you know, you just never know with Kiss. You know, it sounds like you never know with Jericho. It sounds like he's making his own rules up. Sonny Pooney, Sonny Pooney, <laughs> and I remember waking up. Who the fuck is Sonny Pooney? <laughs> so. You know, happy birthday, Sonny Pooney. That's right. And rightfully so, because there's so many great 80s Kiss songs, whether Bruce was involved or not. But most of them are Bruce uh, oriented, you know, with his playing. So, And you guys think Asada's pissed off at you right now. Do all hell's breaking loose. He's going to be really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I know he loves that song. Yeah, I mean, you know, Joey's our mascot. <laughs> he's our second string drummer, but our mascot. Yeah, our biggest hater, you know, at the same time. He, like, he loves us, but he hates us in, in a joking, jokingly way, but we find it pretty funny. So, <laughs> Dude, this has, been, this has been a good time, man. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's been fun. I'm glad we could tie this into part of this August series for 1990. So anything else that we need to do, we'll tie like all the – quarantine information in our show notes and all that other stuff do you have anything individually that you want to push or no not really just uh quarantine stuff and uh hope everyone's staying safe out there and and uh you know trying to get through this craziness together and luckily we have our kiss friends and rock and roll friends like this to keep us uh entertained while stuff is working itself out yeah we do our best Sonny, you want to add anything? No, just uh, thanks for joining us. And to the listeners, thanks for all the feedback. Keep it coming. And, man, you got to check out this quarantine stuff if you haven't checked it out yet. It's awesome. Yeah, sounds really good. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the No, No, No. And go out there and check out Heart of Chrome. It's equally as cool. And uh, who knows, by the time this comes out, maybe there's another tune in the hopper. I don't know how often you guys are going to put these songs out, but it's all good. It's right. We're just, uh, it's, you know, it's all at the mercy of Jericho. So we shall see. What the fuck is Sonny Pony? Damn Jericho. How does he get in charge of all this crap? <laughs> We're all on the same wavelength. We all have pretty much the same idea of what we like and dislike. And, you know, which, you know, is a great thing. It makes the whole process a heck of a lot easier. So. And I think, you know, you said it before and it's, it's absolutely true. Chris just doesn't do anything small. I mean, he does, everything he does is big, which is great. I love it. Me too. 
I, you know, he's got a, a real uh, go-getter personality and, you know, I admire it and, you know, working with him, you know, hopefully this goes on, you know, as long as, uh, as long as possible, because we're all having a blast. We, you know, we joke around, we have fun, we, you know, dissect the music together and do our own Paul Stanley stage raps through voice messages and it's all good. It's awesome. All right, Joe McGinnis, thank you, sir, for your time. Thanks for ranking your top 20. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No problem. Catch everybody later. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.